guys. Thanks. Thanks, David. Thanks, Pat, for doing the reading and for us today. Yeah, so today I'm talking on families and family can sometimes be a sensitive topic um, for some, depending on their family origin and, and their current circumstances. So um, we're sensitive to that, but we're hoping that today's message will still bring, um, will be a benefit to you as well. So for those that may not have got organised or got their stuff, um, I would love you to all grab your pens and papers, uh, something basically to draw on and draw with, because during this first part of the message, I've got an activity <laughs> to task you with. Um, I would like you guys to draw your family, um, just to, so you don't have to worry about whatever your artistic talent is. Here is my version of my family. I draw stick, I drew stick figures. So you don't have to be, be a master artist for this. And you can keep, continue drawing. We're gonna do a bit of a show and tell a bit later in the service. So um, continue drawing while I talk. I don't mind, it's a bit of busy work. I like to do things with my hands while I'm listening to people um, talk. So yeah, so yeah, go go with that. And um, while you're doing that, um, I want to start with a couple of definitions on family. So family, according to dictionary.com, a family is a basic social unit consisting of parents and their children considered as a group, whether dwelling together or not. Which that's a fine Stand, standard version, our definition of family. The Australian Bureau of Statistics defines family as a group of two or more people that are related by blood, marriage, either registered or de facto, adoption, step or fostering, and who usually live together in the same household. So there are just some quick definitions that we can find, a quick Google search. That is a couple of yeah, a standard definition of family. And we probably, or if people ask us to define family, come up with something very similar. Um, but as Terry alluded to in the communion um, talk, that family nowadays have many definitions and many, there's much diversity among it um, in the concept of family. So I want to actually share with you now a a video which I found, which actually talks to that diversity of family in today's society. So on the next slide should be a video. Take it away, Sam. Oh my God, did you see the last episode of Gossip Girl? Shannon just found out that Rachel is not her real sister and that she's adopted. Now she's flying to Europe to find her biological parents. I bet it's gonna turn out that Antonio from last season is a real father. Why do I have such a boring family? I also want to fly to Europe. A family is a group of people related to one another by blood, marriage, or a strong common bond. Families come in a lot of different sizes and combinations. And there are no right or wrong ways a family should look. One of the primary roles of family is to love and take care of each other. Nuclear families are families that consist of two parents and their children. 
Kids who have parents who are gay or lesbian may have two moms or two dads. Some kids have a family with just one parent. These are called single parent families. Others live with extended families where many relatives such as aunts, uncles, and grandparents live together and work towards common goals like raising the children or taking care of elderly grandparents. A blended family is two single parent families joining together to make a bigger family. Some families do not have children at all. Some consider their pets as family. There are many reasons why a child may not live with their biological parents. In these cases, the child may become a member of an adoptive family that consists of another blood relative, such as a grandparent. Other times, a family friend or another caring adult may become the adoptive parent. Foster parents are people who may be unfamiliar to the child, but want to take care of children who cannot stay with their biological parents. Families, no matter the structure, can be very diverse. One parent may be a different ethnicity or race than the other, or two parents may have different religions. And in blended, foster, or adoptive families, some kids may be a different ethnicity, race, or religion than their parents. Sometimes, as a young person grows up, they create a chosen family. Chosen families usually do not include blood relatives, but instead are made up of friends and other supportive people who take on the role of a family, to love and take care of each other. Of course, families don't always get along, and family members are bound to make you feel angry or upset sometimes. But in the end, their job is to love and care for you. No matter the type of family you have, we hope they give you love and support and make you feel special. Till next time, don't forget to visit me at amaze.org or go to my YouTube channel to watch more. Bye! So, as you can see by that short video, there are many different types of families in today's community. But some of the main family archetypes that we see, um, which was highlighted in the video, include nuclear, or what we would call traditional families, a mum and dad and kids, um, single parent families, step families, or the common term now is blended families, extended families, where multi-generations can be either living together or living close by each other, um, taking on the responsibility of caring for children or other um, member, family members um, together. Um, childless families um, are becoming more and more common with a lot of um, what are, are the, I think the term now is have a lot of fur babies, little dogs and cats and, and, um, and pets. And, growing up my pet was a part of my family like i definitely um uh, loved my dogs sometimes even more than my sister sometimes but, but yeah pets are very, definitely a valid part of our families uh, a newest over the last few years common term is the found or chosen families it's usually groups of friends that have found each other through life and for one reason or another, they decide to form a, a chosen family. Um, whether their family of origin is far away or there's been some dysfunction or some splitting in their, their, their original family. Um, they usually find together either over a common cause or a common interest or, you know, just experiences through life. They, they find each other and they choose 
um, to become a family in a group of non-biologically related people. So now is the time. I hope you've had a little bit of time to um, draw your family. So I want to know who is brave enough and willing to um, share your drawings. So if we can bring back the gallery, or we can think. So if you want to share, like you can unmute yourself to talk and just kind of wave your hand. I'm going to put you in gallery view on my screen so I can see. Okay. So who's ready? So it looks like Ron's ready to share. Ron? Oh, well, nothing, nothing too soon. Uh, Marion and I. And then we've got our daughter, our son and our daughter who are married and the children of that marriage. I'm disappointed that I haven't got another line on there of great-grandchildren. Thank you, Alethea. No worries. Who, who wants to share next? Who? Okay, I've got, got Lynn there. Oh, well, I'm... I'm same as Ron, three deep. Uh, the two parents in the background and the children in the foreground. There's Joshua and Liam and Winnie and Ruby. And as all the grandparents amongst us know, they are precious and they're the next generation. Terry's done a version of our family. I don't know whether it looks like mine or not. Does it, Terry? Nothing like ours. It's just pencil. You won't be able to see it. It was uh, our family in the 1990s with two boys with their Collingwood jumpers on, but it didn't come out too well. <laughs> The priorities in your family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, who else is brave enough to show their their? Okay, David. So uh, there we go. You'd think I'd be better used to this. So that's Mary and I. Mary's in the green. I'm in the blue. And that's our dog Kara, and she consistently is our fur. Um, baby who gets in between the two of us. Um, she wants to be in the centre of everything. <laughs> No, come on. Oh, okay, I can see um, Nola there. Um, very you need, if you want to speak, you need to unmute yourself. That was my the phone here in the office went, and the other one. Wow. Sorry about that. We've had people calling us all morning. Um, I think I can vaguely see yours, Nola. But I can't. You need to unmute yourself if you to tell us about it. That's okay. Yeah, she's not unmuted. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, Mary, do I know? Okay. This is my family. I don't know if you can see. There's John in the middle. And there's, um, that's me there, and there's Jenna. And that's our, that's our family, our nuclear family. Yeah. Very cool, very <laughs> cool. I, can see I, I think Jenna would be very upset when she sees this picture. She'd go, oh, my goodness, Mum, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, I can see Victor sitting there with his family around him. Um, yeah. And uh, Danielle? Yep, um, I don't know if you can see that, but over here, um, that's me and my partner, 
and my two kids, as you can see, or maybe not, there's lots of beards and glasses in my family. Um, and over here, my four sisters and my dad and my stepdad and my girlfriends up here. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very very nice. cool. Yeah, and I'll just show you mine, finally. There's just me, my mum and my dad and my mum and me, because, you know, I'm the oldest, and, and my, my two sisters. None of us are married or have kids or anything like that. We are, but we are still a family. And today, for Father's Day, I'm going to attempt to play an online board game with all of them together. So that's going to be interesting. We're coming from all different states. So, but we are still family, even though we are living um, in different areas. So thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing and being willing to share your art with us, um, but also our families. Um, and as we can see, we've got all different types of families, um, kids and grandkids, and hopefully one day for some of us, great grandkids um, and, and that kind of stuff. And some of us have dogs and cats and, and all that. And it's great to have that. So in preparation for this message, I did a bit of research into what sociology tells us about family. And I came across this quote from Parson and Bales, which says, it's a bit wordy, so I'll unpack it afterwards, which says, families are groups in which people come together to form a strong primary group connection and maintain emotional ties to one another over a long period of time. Such families may include groups of close friends or teammates. In addition, the functionalist perspective views families as groups that perform vital roles for society, both internally for the family itself and externally for society as a whole. Families provide for one another's physical, emotional and social well-being. Parents care for and socialize children. Later in life, adult children often care for elderly parents. While interactionism helps us understand the subjective experience of belonging to a family, functionalism illuminates the many purposes of families and the roles in the maintenance of a balanced society. So let me unpack that because it's a bit wordy and a bit academically kind of written. Um, is basically saying that family has two basic functions in um, within society. The first is to provide and care for those within the family unit. So that's caring for children, caring for elderly or more vulnerable members of the family. But the second function is to maintain a societal balance. So basically to make sure that our community and world functions as peaceably and, and to the benefit of the whole. And, but this morning, I want to focus and drill down into that first function of family, which in today's wisdom, in today's current wisdom, breaks up the purpose of family into four main areas. And they'll be on the screen. So they are the care and socialization of children. So raising up children to become um, well-adjusted, um, adults and members of society and perpetuating the human race going forward into time. The care for elderly and vulnerable members of our of society. So, you know, as 
our parents age, um, some they need extra care as um, we got different um, people are born with different vulnerabilities, um, dis disabilities or other things that they need care for and family is a primary way to provide care for those um, members of our family that, that need a bit of extra help um, and stuff. Um, the, another purpose of family is the physical, social, and emotional well-being for one another, for each other, for every member of the society. And the fourth um, purpose of family is to create a sense of belonging and community within a wider society. Often, if we just like go into a crowd, well, when we could go into crowds, um, we could sometimes feel a bit like, alone and a bit like, oh, I'm just one in a sea of people. And if you just think about the population of the world and how many, six billion, seven billion people that belong on this earth, that are living on this earth right now, we're like, well, we're just one. But our families help create a sense of belonging um, and community. A word that's often used now is my tribe. Um, that just seems to be becoming more and more common in vernaculars, like, well, they're my tribe. So for some of us, their tribe is their favourite footy team, like Collingwood fans especially. <laughs> um, but our tribe can be our religion um, that we, we choose. It can be our family. It can be our social group. They're my people. They're my tribe. So, but family helps us create that sense of belonging and community. Um, and family, family structure has changed, or at least what we think of as family structure has changed a bit since biblical times. But there are many verses that I think still relate to us today and still relate to how um, we see family and is important for us to, to learn and to know and to, um, to yeah, kind of take on as a part of our understanding and our um, and what we do with, with the concept of family. So first off, family, the care and socialization of children. So in the Bible, there are many verses about raising children. Um, I think of like Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way they should go and, uh, and when they're old, they will not depart from it and various verses like this. But I want to share with you this morning first, Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, which Paul wrote. Um, he said, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honour your father and mother, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on the earth. Parents usually like that verse when I, when I share that verse, especially with kids and teens. They're like, yes, honour your father and mother because things will go well with you. But if the verse continues, parents, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So it's a two-way street. Yes, children honour and obey your parents. But parents, don't exacerbate your children. Like that kind of stuff. And it's brought up again in Colossians, in his letter to Colossians, where Paul writes, children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, and we say fathers, 
we can take it to being parents. Do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. So these verses initially were being directed towards children, also provide direction for parents and for those that are taking on a parental role in the life of a child. So not to aggravate them, but to provide unconditional love and a supportive environment, godly wisdom and discipline. Um, you know, the way that God treats us and shows us as his children, he wants us to do that for the children in our lives. But God's family is instructed, is not only instructed to care for children, but also to care for the elderly and the vulnerable in our community. We see that in 1 Timothy verses 5, 3 to 4, and then I'm going to read verse 8 as well, which says, Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. And in verse 8, he continues, But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. So taking care of the elderly and vulnerable in our family is highly important to God. And for us as Christians, that's something that we need to take into account. Now, we are blessed in Australia that we do have facilities and organisations and professionals that we can lean on to and turn, lean on and turn to, to help us take care of our families, even if we ourselves are physically unequipped to. I mean, but taking care of people is so much more than meeting their physical needs. I remember with my grandfather, as he was getting older, it becoming harder and harder. He was living in his own in his own home. And it was getting harder and harder for us to be sure that um, he was safe. He was started to go through, um, develop a bit of dementia. And so, but um, my aunt couldn't take him into her home just because the way it was set up. Myself and my sister who was living um, in our own house, we did not have room or the capacity to provide the physical care for him at that time and the rest of our family kind of lived further away um so it was it was a difficult time but we made the right decision in providing and finding a nursing home and we actually moved one over time um a nursing home that would actually care for him and take care of him but our responsibility didn't stop in just finding him a place to live and a place where his physical needs would take um, be taken care of. We still continue to visit and I would weekly, until I moved here to Melbourne, go and visit him like every every weekend and my aunt would week and um, go and visit because it was important, even as he started not to remember who we were exactly. It was important for us to still provide care and help and assistance in whatever way we can. Um, but as children of God, our family not only includes our specific family unit, whatever that looks like, whether it's a traditional nuclear family, an extended family, a found family, um, but it also includes God's family, the church. And for those of us who have been around church life for any length of time, we'll have heard and probably used the terminology 
this terminology before, um, that we are all part of God's family. But when you think about the purpose of family, it can actually bring that hot, that turn of phrase into a new light and give it more gravitas than just a throwaway, yes, we're all part of God's family. So I want to say welcome to God's family where we provide care and support for one another. Ephesians 2, 19-22. This is in the message version. It says, You are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name as Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation, but now he is using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as a cornerstone that holds all parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, and all of us built into a temple in which God is quite at home. The reality is today that if one's earthly family is not available to them for whatever reason, whether it's distance or dysfunction or separation, they can find a new family with God and his people. A family that will provide or should provide love, care and support throughout all the stages of life. This is something I love about the church of God. That no matter where I go in the world, even though language, race and culture may be different, I can gather with God's people and know that we are family. Quite a few years ago, I had the privilege of being able to go on a compassion trip to Haiti. And while that was an eye-opening um, experience and definitely there was a lot of stuff going on, one of the things I did love was actually going to church in Haiti and actually just being there. They were, um, they were speaking and singing in Creole. They were talking, they looked different to me. You know, I, white skin, they were, they um, had dark skin. They worshiped different songs. They, um, but they were still welcoming and open and, I could feel a sense of family in that space. Church looked different. It was different, different style and different kind of way of doing a service than, than what I, you know, traditional experience, I guess, in, a, in Australia is. But it was no less meaningful and no less um, impactful. And I love that when a gathering of God's people get together, and I've been able to go to gatherings where there are thousands of people in them. But there is a fantastic sense of belonging that is unique to any other gathering I've been to. I've been to concerts and stuff, but I've also been to large church events where that sense of peace and togetherness and oneness is just so specific to the church. And that's something we get as God's family. I would like to read to you next, Matthew 12, 46 to 50. While he was still speaking to the people, 
This is Jesus. But Jesus, this is talking about Jesus. Behold, his mothers and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hands towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mothers and brother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. I think that's amazing that. We are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, it's a term that we can often use just by rote. But have you ever stopped to think about what that really means? I would do anything for one of my sisters. I would take them into my home if, if, they, if they needed to. I would, I would do a mad dash across the country if I was allowed into the state. If I was... If I, needed to i would do that like i can't think of there's much that i wouldn't do for them even when i don't always get along with them sometimes <laughs> even even if there's tension i would i would do that because they're my family they are my sisters um same with my parents as well but as brothers and sisters in christ we need to be willing to do that for each other and when we really take that on board, it opens up church life and life as a family of God so much more. It makes it much more richer and involved and deeper. So I've got an infographic that I want to share with you as we begin to start wrapping up um, the message today. As we think about family, what it means to belong to God's family, I want us to consider the one another's. As it, as it says on the bottom of this slide now, it may be a bit small. Um, it says, the New Testament commands us to treat one another with love, humility, and respect. We are also to encourage one another to be unified in Christ. Now, this is kind of a summary of the one another's in the Bible. Now, the one another's, there are many and that kind of stuff. So it says, encourage one another, be humble, um, have compassion, live in peace. Confess to one another. Don't provoke one another. Be like-minded. Be kind to one another. Be patient to one another. That's usually the toughest one. Be devoted to one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Even instruct and admonish one another. All within love. Um, don't grumble. Don't slander. Be, be gentle. Do good. And accept one another. And these are the things that it's God's family that we are encouraged to do for one another. As the church fulfills this mission and lives out this commandment with God, I truly believe people will be attracted by our community, by our family together. And it wouldn't be hard to, to get people interested or to have people just at least inquire. It's like, wow, Northern community, you're a real great family together. And that's what I'm looking forward to creating and being a part of going forward. So I've got a few reflection questions to think on. First is how has your family of origin impacted your life? 
Your family of origin may not be who you're walking with today, or it may be, but how they impacted your life. And then also, what does family look like for you today? And finally, what does it mean to you, for you to belong to God's family? Have you ever considered the richer context of being in God's family?